Wow, we're starting off great. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the Dear America podcast. I hope you guys are having a fantastic one. Today, I want to, as you can probably tell, uh, I think we'll title this episode, Are We Headed for a Spiritual Divorce? That should get people to click in and listen to what we have to say. There has been a lot of talk about a national divorce. Um Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, literally every political correspondent, myself included, has talked about it, what it would look like, pros, cons, realities, et cetera. But specifically the reasons why a national divorce is something that people are talking about. And, and the biggest thing is we truly live in two separate Americas with two completely different ideas of what America should be, how it should be, how it should be run, etc. So my question is this, when we look at the church today, when we look at religion today, however you want to, 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 to talk about it, there really seems to be this new uh, revival, this new rising up of the remnant church, as people would call it. There really seems to be this new uh, John the Baptist type generation uh, rising up, speaking out not only against the evil in the country and in our world, but also the wrongdoings of the church and what the church is doing wrong in man-made religion, etc. And there is a for sure fighting back against the same. So today, I'm just going to talk to you about things that I see. I'm not a pastor. I don't have a church. I'm not an evangelist. I'm just a guy that loves Jesus, and I'm a guy that just calls it the way that I see it. That's that's how I've always been. That's how I always will be. So I'm just going to talk about some of the things that I have issues with and 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 how can we do church different and if we don't start doing things differently are we headed for a spiritual divorce in our country where you literally have one side that is the very traditionalist you know church is an hour hour 15 minutes max then everybody leaves the pastors are treated like superstars um you have to make appointments to get baptized, uh, you know, if you want to do a small group, that's the only way to have any kind of community. Um, and then those only go at a certain period during the year, and then they shut off during the summer, et cetera. Um, the church operate, operates their budget on 95 to 98% of everything that comes in goes to the church in their operating budget, and uh, 5 to 2% goes out into the community. And then you've got this other side. That is very much, hey, it's time to have warriors for Christ. It's time to do this. We, we don't even, I mean, yeah, if we have a building, great, but we don't even need one. Like, let's do a tent or well, let's just do it out in the street. Uh, let's, 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 let's take 80% of our money that we bring in for tithes and offering and let's give it back. Let's believe in faith. Let's call out what's wrong. Let's talk biblical preachings, etc. And they're just seems to be this huge gap between the two. And 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 to be frank, 
the the same that we have issues with politics where the left and the right just will not even discuss it with each other. Well, the same thing goes with these two types of ways to do church, do religion. These two sides won't even talk to each other because they're so different and fundamentally You've got the one side that's the warrior side that says that these other people are weak. They are false teachers. They are cowards, um, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got the other side who says, well, no, those people are crazy people. Um, They're insane. uh, And we do not associate nor discuss with people like that. So what is the answer? Well, we're going to talk about it. What's going on, America? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my friends at Black Rifle Coffee. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com right now and get your premium America's coffee along with some of the best gear on the planet for pro America. These guys put their money where their mouth is, so stop giving money to woke Starbucks and start drinking America's coffee. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com today. But before we do that, uh, I got my good friend, Pastor Greg Locke, has his movie come out in Jesus' name. It um, airs in theaters. I think it's 2,000 theaters, March 13th. March 13th. So I'm going uh, this weekend to uh, see the premiere of it. I'm excited about it. It is about deliverance ministry. So before I play it, if you don't believe in uh, evil, in the world, and by evil, I specifically mean demons, etc. Um, this one's probably going to freak you out a bit. Um, I will say, as Christians and believers, I don't know how you can believe in God and then not believe in the devil, but I digress. Uh, I'm going to play the trailer. Um, you know, uh, it's got a lot of good audio in there, so so this will work for the audio as well. Um, but I'm excited about it. This is this is the first like deliverance ministry. Um, movie that has made it into theaters. Uh, it'll be nationwide in over 2,000 theaters March 13th, and it's looking like they're going to have multiple days in theaters due to ticket sales. So without further ado, here is the trailer for Come Out in Jesus' Name. Uh, here we go. In the New Testament, is it verifiable that Christians can be attacked and oppressed by demons? God used controversy. I'm on the list. He used CNN. He used the media. He used all of it to grow a massive size platform. Controversy built our platform. Two genders. It was never about the controversy. It was never about the politics. I thought it was. I thought it was about Trump. I thought it was about COVID. But God built our platform for deliverance. We are headed more into seeing prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes. There's a kingdom of righteousness and there's a kingdom of darkness. Something in our being craves something supernatural. If you're addicted to something, you have company. And he said in the last days, the church will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. They will begin to listen to demonic doctrines. He doesn't mind you going to church. He doesn't mind you praising as long as you don't change. There's a great awakening that is coming. The kingdom of God is not about talk. Jesus is king. 
It's about power and demonstration. The state of the church in the United States, I believe, needs a reawakening of deliverance because of the evil that's going around. Christians can be under the influence of satanic oppression. 100% they can. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. The Word of God says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Plan of the enemy is to keep the church quiet. Deliverance is for the people of God. Deliverance is for the church. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. All right, powerful stuff. Uh, come out in Jesus' name uh, in theaters, in over 2,000 theaters across the United States, March 13th. That's a Monday, so you got nothing else to do. You should definitely go check it out. Um, uh, anyway, okay, so back to the point um, about all this. Church, how can we fix church? What's going on in church, et cetera? So I heard a, um, that's the wrong button. I heard a uh, interesting thing. Uh, Mike Todd is a very, uh, you know, prevalent, uh, mega pastor. Um, how do I start this? This is such a, this is such a hard conversation to have because it's hard to remove just Graham bias versus what's right, what's wrong, et cetera. And so when you get these, these mega pastors, these mega churches that live these exorbitant, you know, lifestyles, et cetera, you know, you, they have all the Bible verses saying why they should be able to do that, et cetera. I don't think God has any problem with people making money. I, I really don't. I, in fact, blessed to be a blessing. I believe this to be so. But here's what I've experienced so far, at least in my research of all of these things. All of these mega pastors that have this, what I call uh, production experiences for Jesus, right? It's very much, they have, you know, uh, you know, the service times, three services in the morning, each service is an hour on the dot. Everything is planned out 100%. There's no opportunity for God to move or take over at all. That's why I hate the multi-service platform because you are dictating what happens in that service versus letting God dictate what happens in that service. Instead of spending so much money on your house or your cars or your travel, etc., maybe you should put more money into getting a bigger building with more seats and just have one service or two services, one in the morning, one at night on Sunday to where you can allow Jesus to do and God to do whatever God is going to do. But I digress. Here's what I've noticed. All the people that are called crazy, okay? Now, do I agree... Greg Locke's a good friend of mine. Do I agree with everything Greg Locke says? No. Just like Greg probably doesn't agree with everything I say. Um, I have other pastor friends that are more on the, you would call it uh, the, the, the grace side um, that I love to death. And I love their teaching. I love how they do it. I'm a little bit more, you know, me and Alyssa have this conversation a lot. She's a little bit more of a grace 
person. She loves the pastors that are all about grace. I am much more, uh, can you guess, a truth person. I like the pastors that punch you in the mouth. Um, that's just my flavor. It's how I like it, etc. I've got some pastors, friends that really do a good job of, 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 of doing, you know, the, the, the middle, um, uh, the Micah and Glenn Berto of the house, Modesto and the house Fort Worth, uh, love those guys, love that church. They're doing it the right. I mean, they're, they're doing the right way and the right things. Is it my ideal in terms of they are like my perfect pastor, et cetera. I, I don't think it, there really is such a thing, even on Greg Locke's side versus the Berto's side. Then you got Isaiah Saldivar, which I love. Isaiah Saldivar is full-blown deliverance ministry. That's all he does is, 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 is teaching about how uh, demons can, in fact, not only of, uh, uh, affect non-Christians, but also Christians as well. Um, that's his entire ministry, and he's able to cross the bridge and be a part and stand alongside your Greg Locks, and then also, um, you know, uh, you're more what people would call calm down pastors. Also pay attention to what he says as well. So I think Isaiah does a good job. I think Vlad does a good job. Um, all of these people... All right, what's going on, everybody? Listen, buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. All you got to do is text the word Graham. That's G-R-A-H-A-M to 989898 to get a free info kit on how gold and diversifying your portfolio into precious metals can protect your money from the disaster dumpster fire that is the Biden economy. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control, and it's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. So you've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Whether physical gold and silver in your safe or through an IRA in precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text the word Graham to 989898 right now for your free info kit on gold and to claim the eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st. Again, you owe it to your family. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your money. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 right now. But back to Mike Todd. Mike Todd, I was listening to, and I do, I listen to a lot of different people. And the reason that I do is one thing I've noticed in church world is uh, there seems to be, uh, Isaiah Saldivar actually calls this out. It's like, you know, sermon.com or something like that. I, I don't know. And I'm not accusing, I'm not saying that this happens. I'm just saying it is interesting what happens when one predominant pastor will say something and then it almost within a two to four week period seems to trickle down amongst all the other predominant pastors. And uh, Mike Todd had a moment where he was addressing the LGBTQ transgender issue. If you had to go 
the three biggest issues in the church right now that causes the most division, what would you say that would be? Please email me and let me know your thoughts. Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. But here's the three that I'm going to tell you. Anything politics, okay, or whatever the pastor of that church deems is political, i.e. candidates, i.e. Trump, i.e. Biden, all the, uh, all the et cetera. Anything, anything political. Um, abortion would be the other one. And then the third would be anything LGBTQIA plus T to the fourth power Y, uh, all the above. Th- those would be the three, right? The, <laughs> and it's funny how things come in threes, but, 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 but that, those would be the three things that I would say are probably the most danced around. Please God, let's not talk about this or that, et cetera. In fact, just to show you how, how bad politics are right now. Even in our school, where we have created our own homeschool co-op or whatever, where we live, uh, my son is in fifth grade, and they just had this thing where they had to dress up like um, the assignment was people who have done amazing things for America, right? Figures that have done amazing things for America. And uh, at first, my son wanted to be Elon Musk, which I thought was kind of funny because Elon's not even American. But, but you know, still, it, it, you know, it's humorous. Um, and I told him, no, no, don't do Elon Musk. Do somebody different. And, I, and, um, and the teacher even said right off the bat, think about this. The assignment was Americans who have done amazing things for America. Okay. And they immediately said it cannot be Donald Trump (laughs) and it cannot be Joe Biden. Uh, So they were fair and they were equal across the board, but I just found it super interesting uh, that, that politics today is so supercharged that if people truly believe that Donald Trump, which I do too, did amazing things for America, they can't talk about it. They're not allowed to talk about it. No, 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 no. We mean, we mean like old people that are dead, you know, dead characters. So my son ended up being Thomas Jefferson. He wanted to be Ben Franklin, but it got taken. But uh, Thomas Jefferson and a lot of people be like, oh, Thomas Jefferson, he did horrible things. Shut everybody. Be quiet. Either way, back to the point. Uh, Mike Todd's sermon was talking about the transgender issue. And he did a really good job. In the beginning, and I thought 90% of what he said in this one context was pretty good. And I'm going to paraphrase because his his sermons are like three hours and I can't find exactly where it was, but it was along the lines of, you know, he has friends that are gay or in the, you know, the transgender community. And they ask him the question as a pastor, will you marry us? And his basic thing was there seems to be, going back to what I said, when one predominant pastor says it, it seems to kind of trickle down. Well, the new thing seems to be predominant pastors finally saying the thing that those of us who aren't pastors have been saying the whole time. I don't know. And that seems to be this new, (coughs) excuse me, this new trend that's going on. I don't know. I don't know why God chose to do it this way. I don't know why the Bible says this. I don't know 
why, in your opinion, and in, in your feelings and the things that you're dealing with, which in my opinion is sin, um, I don't know why you are, if you want to live for Jesus, I don't know why you are destined to live this tormented life for so long. I don't know the answers to those things. I completely agree with that sentiment, by the way. It's okay to say that. Like, I don't know why that is. But in the question of answering your question, or excuse me, in, in the in the in the realm of answering your question, will you marry us? The answer is no. And and I I liked that he said that, but then he, you know, continued and he said, and I won't marry you. Because it goes against, in his words, the constitution of the Bible and what God said. That's why I won't marry you. Because the Bible says I can't do that. And the Bible says that's not the way that it works. And then he goes on to say, Another thing that I liked, but then at the very end of it, and this is what me and Alyssa, we didn't get into an argument, but you know, she's always love, 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 grace, grace, grace. And, and I'm always, he backpedaled just, just a little bit, just a little bit right there. I mean, that's just me. It's naturally me that he goes on to say that, you know, uh, he said something like, you know, I, I don't know why, you know, you, I don't know what it would be like to feel something like that and have to feel something in such a powerful way and then know that it is completely in contrary to what God's law says. I, I don't know what that feels like. Well, I would argue that we do. Uh, lusting, adultery, lying, stealing, all these things, all these things are in the Bible. We just elevate what we think is worse and what we think is not. I mean, it's just the truth. I mean, God talks about sin all the same because all sin is the same to God. But we we view lying way down low compared to stealing. Like, I think stealing is probably worse than telling, you know, what people would call a white lie. And we especially view stealing as not as bad as committing adultery, et cetera. And, then, you know, and the, I don't know. And so I think a lot of that's man stuff there. You know, the Bible looks at all the sin, all the things that you can do wrong as the same. Either way, back to my time. Um, he then goes on to say, you know, here's what I know about Transformation Church. He said trans is even in the name. You know, he was trying to make a joke to lighten the, the mood in the church. He said, you know, you're welcome here. There's a place for you here you know, we, we love you. And he said, you don't have to know everything to be able to stand next to and stand with someone and the crowd erupts and everything is this amazing moment. And, and I don't disagree. I disagree that he did not finish that statement off. Because in my opinion, that was an amazing interpretation of handling a very, very difficult subject, and he did a great job of wording it on the grace side. However, what should have taken place, and I realize that this is easy for me to say, so before you send me an email, well, it's easy for you to say that because you're not a preacher, da 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 
you're right, but I do speak for a living and people critique me all the time. So I'm critiquing other people. So, you know, get off the show if you don't like it. Either way, what that should have been like is you have a place here. We love you. You don't have to know everything and all the answers to be able to stand with someone and stand beside someone. However, we have a responsibility to preach, to educate, and to stand firm in what we do know to be true, that even though we love them, a life of sin and a life of sin that is constant, etc., is not biblical, it's not holy, and it cannot continue that way. See there what I did? It's a lot of grace, but you also couple it with truth, and then you have the full context of the Word of God, right? January, the most refreshing and frustrating month of the year. Why? Because you set out with lofty goals, you stick to them for about two weeks, then you fall right back into old habits. Well, lucky for you, I have a goal you can accomplish today and feel great about it. It's called the Protect Your Family by Getting a Will goal. And you can check that box in five minutes for as little as $119 at epicwill.com slash gram. That's G-R-A-H-A-M. And you'll save an additional 10%. So I just made it easier. Look, you need to protect your family. I know that most of us don't want to think about death, but it is a real part of reality and life. And we need to make sure the ones that we love and care about the most will be protected. Think about this. 50% of Americans don't have a will. Choose to be the smarter 50%. Go to epicwill.com slash Graham and get 10% off. And then you can laugh at your friends who failed to accomplish their goals because you're better than them. That's epicwill.com slash Graham now. Well, you got churches that are all about the grace, but then they leave out the truth. And in my opinion, although that was a great illustration of grace for a very difficult topic, it lacked that little bit of truth at the end that really would have completed the puzzle and put it all together in a nice little package, as, as pastors would say, put a bow on it. Then you got things like abortion. You have churches like Greg Locke's church, et cetera, and a lot of small town churches, et cetera. And also when I say these things, I need people to understand a lot of these things that I'm going after, I'm going after churches with predominant followings, predominant viewers, predominant money tied to them. Um, I'm not talking about your local church that has a hundred people in it, which is amazing. By the way, I love the local church. That is speaking out. I'm talking about, unfortunately, the people that have the biggest influence sphere here. So me and my wife start talking, and we passed, as we were coming back from Texas, we passed Gateway Church, which is Craig Rochelle's church. And Craig Rochelle is responsible for, you know, the largest and fastest growing church in America right now. I don't know the exact number of satellite campuses, but I want to say it's in the hundreds. Uh, Craig Rochelle has like this elite club of pastors that get invited to come and, you know, learn under him on how to be a better pastor, et cetera. I'm not a big fan of Craig Rochelle. Just not. Me and him have had some issues in the past. Um, maybe we'll reconcile those e eventually, but, but I got a big problem with Craig Rochelle. 
Craig Rochelle is an amazing motivational speaker. He is. He's great. And I'm not negating that he's a Christian. Do I personally believe that Craig Rochelle is cowardice? Yes, I do. And, and you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong and maybe the Lord will, 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 will change my mind on that. But Craig Rochelle misses the mark so often because his system of church is so systematic that it is not in the wheelhouse of his church with a hundred plus satellite campuses to deal with the things that need to be dealt with. Major examples of what I mean by this. Okay, Craig Rochelle. Um, I, I made this episode about a year ago, and, and I'm not going to find it. <sighs> Hang on. Let me see if I can do it in real time. Uh, Craig. Um, so this was uh, the George Floyd debacles. Um, this was um, Craig Rochelle in George Floyd. Um, when George Floyd happened, Craig Rochelle, like many woke pastors, and this was May 27th of 2020, this was his, uh, response to George Floyd. Um, and it's titled, we have to do better. Um, here we go. Let me see if I can get this pull up. It's just right, but I want to try after watching yet another video of just senseless abuse, this one of George Floyd. Um, I feel compelled to speak, and I just want to be very clear. I will not speak about everything in current events. I cannot, and normally I'd wait for more details and more context, but this time I just don't want to wait. Um, if you've seen this heartbreaking video, uh, you just you have to agree that um, this type of abuse is wrong. It's not just wrong, it's unacceptable. And from my perspective, um, it seems like this is happening um, disproportionately to African-Americans. And um, as a white leader who could never fully understand, I just want to say that I do notice and um, I really, 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 really care. Um, I want to be a part of the solution. And I don't know what that is. I know it's way more than a social media post. It's way more than just a prayer. Um, but we have to do better. We must do better. Okay, so that was his uh, thing about George Floyd, which I don't even really have a big issue about the post, all right? That was his personal social media account. So these things matter too, right? So a lot of pastors, you know, what they choose to post on their personal stuff, those are like really big deals. And those are like really big things. Most of the time, pastors will put messages out through the church pages, etc. So when they put something out on their personal pages, that's a big thing. So he does that about George Floyd, but then there's nothing, not a zip. And Greg Rochelle wasn't alone. Okay. Every pastor, well, not every pastor, 99% of pastors spoke out against George Floyd. And what happened, you know, if we're being honest, yes, absolutely. The police officer was in the wrong, but George Floyd did not die from that police officer. George Floyd died from uh, COVID and fentanyl overdose, but I digress. But guess what pastors like Craig Rochelle didn't speak out about? Well, the billions of dollars in damage, the countless people murdered, the countless businesses destroyed, 
by, by, by Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Nobody spoke out about that. In fact, if anything, it was uh, enabled and encouraged by people, you know, cowardly saying, well, what you're seeing is, you know, years and years and years of frustration boil over. Okay, fine. All right. You know, and this was, this is what I presented to Alyssa the other day. Okay, fine. You know, and yet now that is the one side of the church. Then you had the other side of the church, which that side called the crazies saying exactly what I'm saying. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody's justifying what the cop did. However, the facts actually lead to the reason he died was because of A, B, and C. And what is going on right now with the riots, et cetera, is unacceptable across all platforms. More people died from the BLM Antifa riots than George Floyd. But those were the crazy people. And then Roe v. Wade happened. Supreme Court takes up, hey, Mississippi, good job. Um, the Harrison-Dobbs case. Um, Supreme, Court, Supreme, Court, Supreme Court takes up the Supreme Court's uh, case of, you know, should Roe v. Wade be overturned or not? And you had the crazy churches, the crazy people, saying the entire time that we need to pray Harder than we've ever prayed before for life. We need to pray for these Supreme Court justices. We need to pray that Roe v. Wade be overturned. Because also, let's be honest about this. Slavery was nothing in comparison to the horrors of death that has occurred since the passing of Roe v. Wade. We're talking about millions upon millions upon millions I think the U.S. averages uh, or averaged over 800,000 abortions that were documented. So I think that number's in the million, uh, 1.5 to probably 2 million babies a year killed since Roe v. Wade was passed. It is not even remotely close. It is the most genocidal thing that has ever happened in our history as human beings. I'm sorry. It is the truth. Numbers are numbers. And numbers don't lie. Your feelings do. And I don't really care about your feelings. I don't really care how upset you get about facts, about numbers, about data. But that's just the way it is. Either way. The crazy churches were talking about this and talking about, you know, praying for protection over the Supreme Court justices, etc. But yet the big churches didn't say a word, nothing, not a zip, because God forbid they speak in support of pro-life and they lose people out of the church. God forbid, because they have such overhead budgets that they can't afford to lose those paychecks and those tithes coming in. So back to Craig Grishel. So when Roe v. Wade was passed, Okay, so Craig Rochelle, within a day of George Floyd's video coming out, doesn't make a, a post through the church. He goes straight to his public, personal page to talk about the atrocities of the George Floyd incident. But when Roe v. Wade was overturned, the biggest win for life, the biggest Christian win in probably 50 years, 60 years, whatever, nothing. 
And I called this out. There was a whole episode where I called this out. Look, I don't have pro. If you had a problem with George Floyd and you had an opinion on it and you wanted to put it out there, fine. But you can't put an opinion out there on that and then not say something about the BLM riots. Okay. You can't say that you're pro-life. And then when the battle for life actually is happening, you're silent. And then when the victory for life happens, you also are silent and do not say anything. And a lot of people got mad at me about that. They're like, how could you attack Craig Rochelle? Da, 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 da. One, I'm not attacking Craig Rochelle. I'm just giving examples of things that I see. And I will say this, finally, about a week later, after that episode uh, aired, the church posted, you know how you can do uh, multiple pictures in one post and, and they all say something and it's like a long message and it continues. They post that about, you know, the, the Roe v. Wade decision, blah, 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 blah. So my question is this, how come you can speak boldly about this, but then cowardice about this? You can't have it both ways. 